Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Ron Crawford coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And as always, it is a great blessing to be able to greet my congregation, those who are uh, part of this fellowship here at the Father's Church, whether you're living here in Dallas or whether you're members uh, of this body um, that live in other places. We welcome you and all of our Saints Network family. It's always great to have this venue of communication. I need to uh, begin the broadcast by making a couple of announcements. The first is for our local congregation, and that is the fact, a reminder that we are going to have our annual financial meeting tonight at the church. Uh, We will be praying. Um, We're saying 6.30, but I'm going to be here probably much earlier, and others will. But the actual meeting begins at 7. It will not be broadcast. This is your Wednesday broadcast right here. So, um, now the problem with making this announcement is that most of my congregation will not hear this broadcast until the evening. So, (laughs) but for any of you um, hardliners, uh, just remember the, the meeting tonight. Second announcement is that this coming Saturday is the first Saturday in February. February. So we have First Saturday Prayer. That directive um, exhortation should be going out soon, if it's not already out by the time you hear this. Uh, Particularly this Saturday is notable because I will be in Brazil. I leave Thursday evening for a very quick trip that is just filled just about every hour of the days. Um, But I will be in Brazil, and I will be with Pastor Felipe and Valesca's church, and um, we will be having the, the first, first Saturday prayer gathering in a church that we've done in Brazil. Now, we have prayed... We've been, I think we've been down there on first Saturday before I lose track. If it's a notable thing, I forgot. You know, give me a break. I'm 66 years old. Um, But the point is, is that they know they're going in for first Saturday. They know this is what they're doing. And it is a first fruits of this Saints Network ministry. So be praying. What time are you meeting with them, Pastor? Well, I'm not down there yet. I would assume it's going to be in the morning, probably around 10, probably, underscore that. So whatever time that is for you, you may just want to check out the throne area and see if you recognize any of us at that time. So thank you for praying for that gathering. Thank you for praying in First Saturday, but also thank you for lifting me up as your representative for our mission as saints. Uh, There are a number of things that need to be um, brought into a point of focus, um, established, so that we can continue to move forward. And it needed to happen prior to whatever we do for the rest of the year there. we are not going in there just to have meetings. That That is a fool's errand. It's, it's kind of like uh, cold calling. I mean, you can hit a home run every now and then, but it's not the way this network needs to be built for South America. Uh, they need to be indigenous. They need to be passionate and functioning. And it's not going to happen by having a lot of different fiefdoms of churches scattered everywhere. There needs to be a focal point of agreement. And there are just a lot of factors that need to be established and understood. Uh, And hopefully this brief time of uh, being down there will help help to uh, 
proceed toward that end. So there's just a lot of meetings, a lot of ministry uh, of various types. Um, so pray for favor. And Yawali is going to be with me. I'm grateful for that. Um, I come back on that Monday night flight. So as I said, it's a quick trip, but it's going to be from the time we arrive, meeting after meeting after meeting. And I'd, I'd rather do that. I mean, I know our Brazilian family would like for us to just stay. Those of you who've gone there, oh, you're, you're not staying long enough. Oh, how about staying another 10 days and having another 30 meetings? We appreciate that. You'd rather have them wanting more from you than saying, oh, get out of here. You know, the Ben Franklin thing. Uh, visitors are like uh, fish. After three days, they start to stink. You know, just, um, just <laughs> pray that we'll accomplish what the Lord wants. And we're still trying to determine the actual location of the theater gathering, which will probably be in June. It should be in June. But until we have an, attack, uh, an agreement, I can't announce anything other than to say it's going to be in June. Hopefully when I get back here, um, we'll be able to say, yeah, this is where it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. And um, those of you who feel led to come, make plans. So just be in prayer for favor. Um, we, we desperately need the presence of the Lord. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for your partnership in this. Um, just one brief note about our church financial meeting tonight. Um, I look back <clears throat> over the things that all of us in the Saints Network were able to do for our Father. And I, I compare the actual points of ministry and the growth, not only in Brazil, but in so many other nations, um, with the, uh, the way that God provided. And honestly, to be able to think about the things that all of us were permitted to do for the kingdom and the relative um, small amount of financial investment that accomplished that, it, it really is a miracle. So I want to thank all of you for your, for your partnership, for your embracing this calling to the nations. I truly do. I, I say that it was in God's plan that we, um, that we come together and every one of you just have a miraculous testimony of how God accomplished that. And really, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm grateful for you. We are grateful for you. Um, and I want to thank you for your continued prayers uh, because everything begins with a voice. Everything begins with intercession. Um, and it's carried through in that way. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Some of you are so faithful to give every month. I, I can't thank you enough for that. Um, others, you, you listen to the Lord and you, you give um, sacrificially, obediently at unique moments. I'm so grateful for that. But I would just say this, that every person who is a part of the Saints Network, you need to go before the Lord and consider where you are in this walk together. Um, and consider if the Lord is speaking something fresh to you about you're giving. And that, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, I appreciate all of you. I don't 
sit down and scour the books. I tell my own congregation, I don't really even know what our people, individuals give. I, I don't dabble in that. I, we, we want our people giving, you know, every week, usually every week, pastor, uh, pastor gets up and gives thanks to the Lord and then invites brother Les Terrell to come up and he, he, uh, orchestrates our giving, uh, invites people to give and gives testimonies. That's great, but I, I, I don't, I don't really want to, because it's human nature. If I'm scouring what everybody gives, it's just, it's going to affect how you view people. And I've got to be, I've got to be um, pure in that. And, um, but, um, and then that's not to say that we don't meticulously um, take account for what is given. Other people do that. And um, I make sure they're doing it. But, and I, I'm grateful for those labors of love. But um, just for the Saints Network, you know, like for instance, yesterday, uh, Ruby um, contacted me and told me that there was a ministry in the state of Washington that ordered a, a great number of books. Uh, I, I don't really know these folks. I don't really even know. I don't know much about them. This just happened last night. I'm getting ready to go to Brazil, getting a business meeting ready, preparing to do this broadcast and uh, the Brazilian broadcast. So Honestly, I, I have not had much time to do any investigating. But, you know, um, I, I came in early this, earlier this morning, went into the, the bookstore and gathered a whole bunch of other books that I felt the Lord would uh, want sent to them just for us to give to this ministry. And um, that was Ruby's suggestion, but... On the other hand, she knows what we usually do, and I appreciate her getting things together and sending it out to these folks. But, you know, that that was probably, I don't know how much money we just gave away. And, and that, that's what we do. So, um, and there are a lot of other things that um, that you know we do in benevolence and providing for ministries and uh, that comes from somewhere and it you know I, I really I don't know why I'm, this is business meeting talk we're going to get into the word in Romans 8 here in just a minute so if you want to start gravitating toward Romans 8 you can um, the the thing about it is that um, this church uh we give to the Saints Network just like you do. And I don't borrow anything from the church. You know, whatever the church is, that stands on its own. So uh, we, we are a faith, Saints Network is a faith ministry. And Whatever my congregation gives, whatever you give, how, however income comes into that, it's sacrosanct. It's there. And so um, we're in this just with you. And I encourage my people to give. I encourage you to give. But nobody gets a salary out of Saints Network. Everything we do, everything you do, this sounds noble, but it's the truth. We do it for the kingdom. Um, anytime, and, and this is, you know, most of the nations we go to um, are, are not as affluent as the United States. So we just know whenever we go into a country we're giving and even if they were to try to give an offering which we would not 
we would if, if the Lord if the Lord puts it in their heart to give, we're not going to say no, don't give. We don't want to rob them of their blessing and obedience. But I find a way to to turn that back around. And you know, there there have been some times like in Europe. Uh, where maybe we went to a number of places and there was an offering given by a church and and I've known that s- somebody uh, on the team that was there invested heavily of their own finances to make it possible for them to go. We've given an offering to them and what they do with it is up to them. But for the most part, Anything that the Saints Network does, uh, at least to this point, and the places God has led us has been totally, we give, we we try to obey, and um, we don't we don't derive any any financial uh, additions in the, the now God blesses us. God blesses us, but we don't we don't harangue people or take personal profit on on these journeys. Um, and even the books, I mean, we don't push the books. In fact, I haven't been writing. I confess, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. Uh, we've we've still been cranking out the word that God gives. You know that. Uh, there's been so much that God's been giving. It's just overwhelming. But, um, you know, like, for instance, these these books that this ministry bought, well, basically, whatever they paid um, has been absorbed again by the shipping and, and what we uh, what we gave to them. But if there was any benefit at the end of the year, usually, uh, at least it's been this way for the past, as far as I can remember, um, I just turn around and say, okay, what do we need here? Um, do we need a new computer? Do we need a new printer? Do we need this or that? And for for me personally, you can do whatever you want to do, but for me personally, I just do that. And, you know, one of the reasons is, I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but one of the reasons is that I, d- I don't want to have that shown as income because the government would take probably half of it. So it's pointless for me to say, oh yeah, here's this amount of money that came in from book sales. I'll take it and then Uncle Sam will get half of it. I, I don't want to give Uncle Sam that. So I just don't take it. I We reinvest the whole lump back into whatever whatever needs there are, either here at the church or on behalf of the Saints Network. I'm, again, I'm not trying to sound noble. I'm just being very open with you. And God has blessed. And so, um, you know, one of the things we're looking at, and again, I hope you found Romans 8. I just want to make sure I give you plenty of time to get there. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about, now, preface that, we've been talking about exploring so we've not done anything yet this is just for you to hear when it comes time to say yeah we're going to do this we'd like to invite you to participate but we're not to that point yet but we're thinking about how to get a website totally for the portuguese speaking brazilians um for them and I don't know what we'll have to do for that. That's one of the things I'm going to broach when I'm down there. But the other thing is, because we're now renting theaters and going to different places where setup of wiring and all kinds of other things that we've needed for um, our vMix or TriCaster here, or when we would take the TriCaster places, um, you know, like the one theater we're looking at in Sao Paulo, the location of the control booth is in a balcony far away from the stage. Uh, it's a professional theater. Um, so we're, we're looking at the possibility of getting some new system 
with uh, cameras that operate off of a, <clears throat> a, a signal rather than a wire. And we're going to measure four or five times before we do this. But if we decide to do that, we'll put out, hey, look, pray about it. Can you help with this? And then hopefully we can entrust that to one of the churches that we know would take care of the equipment. And then when we send teams down there or we have little mini seminars going on, which we hope to be doing a number of these per year because the field is white and we've got to do it as soon as we can with the gusto of the spirit behind us. That, that that equipment would already be there. If we train the people who would take responsibility for this, um, that that would be um, that would be a wonderful blessing to have. But we were going to investigate that, and I know Scott is doing his diligence. He and Pastor Fabian have talked about this, but again, nothing has been done yet. Please don't write and say, "What do we do about this?" When it comes time to do something, I'll let you know. Um, but there's just a lot of things that we as a Saints Network do. We try to be practical. But when I, again, and I end with this, thus endeth the business. When I look back over what you and our church were able to do in obedience to the call of the Lord, not just in South America, but in places across this country and in Europe and on behalf of uh, other nations. It's, it's really miraculous, not only the open doors, but that we were able to accomplish what God laid before us uh, with, in the eyes of the world and in the eyes of every other ministry, is just uh, widow's mites. I mean, it, it's just amazing. So we thank God for a great year. We look forward to the year that comes. And now, I think that's all the little segments of announcement I needed to make. Romans 8. I've said this before, but Romans 8 is just... I love all of the Word of God, but Romans 8, the Spirit just... It, it, is, it is a classic. So many mighty themes. They all tie together. You, you can look at this from so many different angles and unearth treasure chests of of insights and one of the the great insights that goes throughout Romans 8 is the topic of the spirit of god and the spirit within us the spirit of god within us and you know, you can go through Romans 8 and pluck out what we call stem winders. Like, for we know that all things work together for good for those, or the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we, or um, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. You know, you, you can pluck out great verses. It's kind of like sticking your finger into the pie when nobody's when mom's not looking and taking a taste and sees you licking your finger and she chases you out of the room. Um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to do that. But if you just sit down, and again, I said there are many dynamic themes through Romans 8 that you can do this with. But if you just sat down and went through and highlighted the discussions about the Spirit of God and how... God himself relates to the spirit that he's placed within us that is born again through Christ one after another after another phenomenal themes now 
I'm so grateful that God has been identifying um, for us, defining for us what it really means to separate. And I, I use that term loosely. To, how about this? To differentiate. That's the better word. Mark Twain said the difference between a word and the best word is a million dollars. To differentiate between God's spirit, uh, who he is, and that deposit of his spirit within us. Um, So many Christians just lump it all together in the hodgepodge of pneumatikos goulash. I mean, and and so they, they... they miss what's really being said. Um, But I'm grateful for the studies that the Spirit has been leading us to do to, again, differentiate what God says about the Spirit within. And once again, every human being has Spirit. It's what gives them life. Whether that's born again or not, activated into what God originally intended for your life only comes through Christ. Now, that that un, unredeemed dimension of spirit within can influence the actions of people. Um, we studied in James 4, 5 and, verses 5 and 6 on Sunday about how that the spirit within... In King James, lusts to envy. And we talked about how that speaks about the fact that our spirit within should be a womb of grace in partnering with God. But without that, it's always, that spirit is always pressing for something more. And wars and rumors of wars and um, attacking one another and envying and all these other things happen if the spirit within is not submitted to God and functioning in the way God created it. So if, according to James, James 4, verses 5 and 6, listen to this sermon from Sunday. Um, if, If the spirit within is submitted to God, then it's moving forward in grace, and God gives grace to bring expansion, God, and there's that, there's that unity of grace with the spirit within. It's the womb of, of creativity, the new horizon. But we we all know from our studies of the word that if failed grace comes, then there's bitterness, then there's uh, defiling. Then there is um, openings to the demonic and, and evil work. There is uh, openings into um, wormwood influences. So grace can either be a motivating factor and an influence and a partnership with God and the doorway to partnership in, in supplication, or it can be utilizing all of those capacities either in dormancy or in wickedness. So, understanding that every person has a spirit within, from God, it's God's spirit, that is what brings life. And when we, when every person dies, that spirit goes back to God. And... If we no greater pattern than what Jesus said, into thy hands I commend my spirit. But that the scripture says that in many different places. Um, what you have done in conjunction with that spirit, what you as a person have done in partnership with God, in submission to God, in being born again, that's going to be evaluated. And who you are because of that, is what you are. Does that make sense? So understanding the differentiation between what God's Spirit does, because He is Spirit, and what we do with the Spirit within is a key to understanding Scripture. And if you don't 
at least recognize that differentiation, you will not appropriately interpret Romans 8 or many other passages because Paul is pinging off of that understanding over and over and over and over again. And if you don't understand that, you are going to be confused and just skip on to the next verse. The, you know, this understanding, I, I, I liken pneumaticos understandings from the scripture. I liken it to what happened when the Rosetta Stone was discovered in Egypt. And the Rosetta Stone is not just a... Uh, <laughs> Not, not just a program that you can rent or buy that helps you learn languages from other nations. The Rosetta Stone was transcribed during the Hellenistic period, which was after Alexander the Great went in and the Ptolemy uh, pharaohs were established. Uh, they were so Greek-oriented, and Cleopatra was the last of that reign. They were so Greek-oriented, but yet Egyptian, that somebody during that period said, you know what, we better write a proclamation, and we better do it in ancient Greek, and we better do it with hieroglyphics, and we better do it with the demotic um, inscriptions of, of Egyptian. So the Rosetta Stone had all three of those, which really allowed people who understood ancient Greek um, to interpret the Demotic writing and hieroglyphs just on that, whatever that proclamation was. And it was a revolutionary discovery. And I, I liken our being taught by the spirit of truth from the scripture not what some wacko prophet from a thousand miles away came up with this idea so let's just all do it from the scripture when we gain an understanding in the deeper things of the word and you parse it out through the scripture to make sure that what you're sensing is Born out throughout all the scripture, and it always does. When you have that understanding, then you can read the word of God, and when a concept is being discussed, the understanding that God's given you through his word will help you to understand what that scripture is saying. So our understanding through the spirit and through the word of the human spirit and what it does and what it does not do, um, if we have that differentiation so that we just don't lump everything to the Spirit of God, um, if, we, if we have that differentiation in, in mind, then we can understand what Paul's saying. So, finally, let's look at part of Romans 8. Um Hmm, where can we go? This is great. Verse 14 of Romans 8. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit bears witness hold on now, with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. Woo! You know, if you don't have the understanding of what we've just been talking about, the great differentiation in the word, then how in the world would you understand what verse 16 is saying? The Spirit, and take out itself. You know, we used to argue in seminary, and, and this was a favorite topic of teachers. Is the Spirit a he? Is it a she? 
Is it a person? Is it itself? And I guess it was a noble argument, but the point is that itself shouldn't really be in there. This should just be that the spirit, the function of the spirit, God himself, bears witness with our spirit. Now, you know, the progressives will say, well, you know, there's a feminine capacity. So, since God communicates with men and women and demonstrates himself in all these ways, it's a doorway to transgenderism. The spirit bears witness with our spirit. We are the children of God. So, the spirit is saying, the spirit of God is saying, you need to be receiving what I have created you to be. You need to be dying to self. That's what Paul says in verses, verse 13. We, through the spirit, mortify the deeds of the body. That's, that's great. So if, if we are bearing witness, that means we're saying, okay, Lord, I want what your spirit is saying to me, and I'm willing to embrace that as a witness. And I'm willing to, um, I'm willing to become whatever you want, and I'm going to say no to the earthly and yes to you. Hmm. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's the spirit of adoption. See, God wants us functioning as his sons. And, you know, we, we're children. Then we begin to embrace sonship. Then we begin entrusted with being heirs. And then we begin doing the works of Christ in a greater way. And then before we realize it, we're, we're joint heirs with Christ. We've taught on that a lot, of, a lot of times in a lot of different ways. But it's your partnership with the Spirit. What does Abba mean? Abba! What does that mean? <clears throat> well, we want what our Father wants. We want that initial thing. We want that initial element. What our Father wants. Ab, first letter. Father. We want that. That's our passion. And I know a lot of people say, oh, this just means daddy. I don't blame them for that in some ways because there is a depth of love that is precious. But if you take it to the next step where you say you can run like a little baby and say, daddy, 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 help me. That's not really what it means. This is a devotion to the first things. This is a devotion as a son before the father to accomplish his will. So you can say, Daddy, all you want. You can say, Father, all you want. Uh, Abba, all you want. And it does denote a, uh, a point of deep relationship. But the objective of that relationship is what the father's eternal will is. And that's what we're devoted to. So let's see here. Where else can we go in this, in the time we have left? How about verse 21? You should be in Romans 8, so it shouldn't take you long to get there. The creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. If you're functioning as a child of God, not just being born again, but letting the deep things of the Spirit control what you're supposed to be doing for the Father. We know that the whole creation, everything created, groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only they, but ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, 
waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our body. We're saved by hope. Stick with me now. But hope that is seen is not hope. But what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? For if we hope that for what we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, how does the Spirit do that? Well, if we remember what 1 Corinthians 14.14 says, that verse says that when we pray in an unknown tongue, our Spirit prays. So this intercession is um, this intercession is being done by the spirit within, and um, and we're we're allowing the spirit within to generate unknown tongues, diversities of tongues, even this yearning from the spirit, which sometimes is a, a travailing sound or it's more a travailing feeling and your spirit is crying out and that's really what connects you with the places around the world the all creation and um that it's a different measure, but it's the, your spirit within. It's kind of like, you know, people have talked about, you know, travail and birthing and how some sometimes you, you hear of really traumatic birthing experiences where the mother is just screaming or crying out. Is it the scream itself or is it, what she's feeling in her body that initiates that expression. Well, of course, it's the feeling, it's the pain, it's the, the anguish of birthing. You know, I used to know with my kids, um, and you can tell it, most kids, but as a parent, I could tell when one of my daughters was crying just because she was frustrated or tired or gripey. Or I could tell when there was an actual problem just by hearing that cry. I think most parents, if you're paying attention, knows that difference. Sometimes you can hear little kids and they're crying and you think, listen to, listen to him. It's funny. He's just exasperated or frustrated or tired or whatever. And just making a noise doesn't mean the spirit within is groaning. That's, that's, there's a fine line between a true groaning in the spirit and griping, blaming it on the spirit. So, the spirit within, when when there's the groaning, that really cannot be expressed. You're you're engaging in a a different kind of partnership prayer, and I love this because then it says in verse twenty seven, he that searches the hearts knows this mind of the spirit, because. He is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, who's searching the hearts? Well, that's our great Savior, the Lord Jesus. In fact, the intercession that is mentioned here is a hyper form of enticano, which is, is that type of prayer that recognizes things that are happening right then and knows that it's urgent to pray about them right then. That's not the only kind of prayer that's offered, but it is 
It is a dimension, and it's used to describe how Jesus prayed. So he's praying for us that we would accomplish the will of the Father. He's searching the mechanism of who you are, because again, the heart is the steering wheel of our life. It's contributed to by our emotions, our thinking, the spirit within, influences around what we're sensing, the, the deducing of facts. Um, it's, it's just, it's interesting. And so you've got the spirit within that's praying about what God's will is, what he's wanting to accomplish, partnering with God in grace and supplication. And then you've got Jesus who's also praying that we would accomplish the will of God, but he's sensing what's going on in your heart. Do you, do you recognize that our Lord wants you to succeed? And he's not going to pray instead of you. He's going to see that your spirit is engaged in grace, in partnership with God to fulfill why you're on this earth, and he's searching the heart. He's seeing parts of you that might be drifting or about to wear out. He was in all points tempted like as we are, but yet without sin. He's looking at that mechanism. Whether, we, you know, Dennis taught recently about the inner man, and it was a good teaching. We thank God for it. But what we know about the faculty of how we're managing life in this body, that's a, you know, Paul wrote about this. He said, you know, there's a war that's going on in me. The things I know I should do, there's a force within me that doesn't want to do it. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? Well, that's where Jesus is praying. He that searches the hearts. And he's, he's praying according to what God wants. And it's wanting you to do the, the calling of the saints, that you'd fulfill holiness. That's what he that searches the hearts is doing. That's, that's a treasure right there. That's a nugget of gold for you. But you need to submit your mind, your body. You need to mortify the things of the flesh. That was earlier in Romans 8. So that the spirit that's born again through Christ within you can commune with God, can be an agent of grace that can speak into unknown tongues and diversities of tongues, can even engage in the groanings. How do you know when you groan instead of praying in tongues, Pastor? <laughs> well, how does a woman who's about to give birth, how does she know when, if she were, to scream out, to scream out? How do you know that? Well, I know, you know, Bill Cosby, I shouldn't even reference him. But back in the day, when everybody loved Bill Cosby, he would talk about uh, a woman giving birth and how some of the things that <laughs> his wife said to him, you know, uh, you know, which was just an emotion, just a hormonal expression. Not everything that is vocalized during childbirth is this. But I know that there are things that I've been feeling with great recurrence recently. I'll feel the spirit within yearning or, or feeling an urgency. That's the best I can say it. And wow, you, you just don't know any other way but to to call out from that. How do you know when you groan? It's not just, it's not like one of the old Al Green songs. You know, it, it's, it's not that. 
it's boy you you know you're up against something and your spirit is kicked into groan drive and you feel that and it's it's emitted you you pro you you release it and you can't describe it you can't you can't interpret it even you might be able to look back and say oh no look what happened there i guess during that process that's what that feeling was about and during that time the lord searching the hearts is praying that the rest of who you are won't abort that you'll stay in conjunction with what the spirit within knows has to be accomplished in intercession before God. Now see, if you don't understand the differentiation, this makes no sense. And people that try to teach on it, oh, they may say it in flowery language, I'm sure I'm guilty of it. Do you see what I'm talking about? We're, we're experiencing all of these things because we want the will of God to be done. That's what we're doing. You're investing in South America because you want the will of God to be done. And one of the nice things, and I tell these people down there, is they have to know that we don't have any other agenda than for them to embrace partnership with God and to welcome his kingdom. We don't have any other agenda. This is not saying, oh man, if this happens, we'll have a whole lot of stuff to put on our publicity pages. Oh man, if this happens, we'll be set for the next 30 years. This will grow our ministry. We can just go everywhere. They know that's not our objective. As it is, I look at what the world's doing, and you should be too. Don't get wound up in it. Don't go all uh, uh, secret podcast on it, but you could, anybody can look and see this. We're on the brink. And you look at time, the harvest, work, invest now, do what you're supposed to do. And plus, at you know, I intend to keep going. I'm I'm Caleb. I intend to keep going. I mean, I'm not planning to stop. I'm not thinking, well, I've got this many more years. Nobody can say that. I believe we're going to be alive as long as we're alive. We're going to keep pressing on. But just from the look of it, I'm not 30 years old. I'm not 40 years old. I'm pressing 70 years old. So these folks know I'm there as a father. I'm there as an Elijah. I'm there to help them. There's nothing that I'm saying, Ooh, you know, I, I need this base for the next 40 years. Now, I'm, that's, that's your calling too. So we want what God wants. We don't have a, an agenda. And every ministry out there has one. But we don't. What is our agenda? Well, you could explain this. We know we've got a work to do. We're intercessory ministry. We've got to raise up indigenous disciples who will be on their face before God, searching for uh, as intercessors for the will of God, doing what he says to do prophetically, studying the word, being established in the word, be sons. That's it. That's our agenda. And I don't, again, this is the fourth time I've said noble in this broadcast. I'm not trying to be noble. I'm just trying to say everything in Romans 8, Paul talks about the spirit and the spirit within and he 
he says things. And then it comes to verse 28. This is a great one. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Agapeo. You're seeking after what he wants. To them who are called according to his purpose. Kletos. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, those he brought into justification, which is righteousness. Those who he is functioning in justification, those he glorified. Woo, that's a statement. What is justification? What is righteousness? Now, in the New Testament, most Bible Baptists will say that justify had never sinned. Yes, that's a beginning. But what is real righteousness? It is partnering with God. Where was the first usage of righteousness? Abram. Look to the stars, Abram. And Abram believed, and God said, this is righteousness. Earlier in Romans 8, it speaks about the power of the resurrection functioning in the Spirit through righteousness. You want to see the power of the resurrection? You want to see death turn to life in the, in the purpose of God, what God ordained from the foundation of the world? It comes through righteousness. And so here he says that you were seen by God from the foundation of the world. He gave you a, a, an opportunity, a calling. He knew you then, and you accept that calling. And then you begin to function in righteous vision, which comes through partnership with God as an intercessor. And then if you're functioning in that, you have the opportunity to participate in his glory. And Paul says that earlier on in Romans 8. He says, you know, the sufferings that we're encountering for this walk is nothing compared to the glory that we're walking in and is going to be seen on us. See, this all fits together, and it's something for you to study, employing pneumonicos principles. And if you don't get it the first time you read through, go back, ask the Spirit to help you. But I'm telling you, it's going to enlighten you, and it's going to further strengthen your pneumonicos understandings of the things that we've been studying. Verse 31, what shall we then say about all of these things? What things? All the things he's been saying in this eighth chapter, those things. If God before us, who can be against us? He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for all of us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Wow, this is great. But you know, you have, here's some keys for you to look at as you study this. Uh, first of all, the differentiation between the spirit within and the spirit of God, who he is. It's all God's spirit. I'm not saying God created some, some AI spirit within us and it's not him. It's all God's spirit. He gave his son so that that spirit can be born again, so that we would function in grace, pursuing the truth. Look for that. Look at the different things that are talked about that the spirit within does. Look at how God's spirit, who he is, communicates with that spirit within. Look at the spirit of adoption, Abba. Look at... Um, Look at how the spirit of righteousness moves with this. List those things out. See where the saints are referenced. Look where sons are and that progression. 
I'm telling you, this is a gold mine. I, I, every time I look in it, it's more and more and more. And then the end of this chapter, not the book, but the end of the chapter. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, angels or principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, nor any other measure of creation can separate us from the agape of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. So what's the objective of this message today? Why did we look at it? Well, first of all, we're studying the word. That's what this Wednesday is supposed to be about. Secondly, it's to encourage you to have some real-time devotionals in these scriptures, you and God. But thirdly, this is where we are right now. We are employing all of these. You should be functioning in every part of this. Um, I love that. The Spirit helps our infirmities. We've talked about this in the past where the old-timey Pentecostals, and I consider myself one of them, but the teaching was that praying in the Spirit was when you in all of your linguistic capacity, whether you speak English or French or Spanish or Portuguese, where you're not getting your answer. And then you pray in tongues and you pray the exact thing that is needed to get your bills paid, to find your parking spot, to get whatever it is you're wanting. It's kind of like the trump card in the in the in the the deck of your prayer hand and that's not what it's talking about at all the spirit knows the areas where we need to be strengthened asthenia where we were made to function and maybe we're not functioning appropriately we're reading verse 26 for we don't know how to pray as we ought um, this is prosukamai. We, 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 we don't have all the understandings that we, we need. But the Spirit himself, Spirit within, within us, groanings which cannot be uttered. God, God knows us. What are you struggling with right now? Well, the list may be long for some of you. Do you know that Jesus is praying for you? Why? To take it all away? The old footprints in the sand thing? No, that's a, that's a nice thought. But he's praying that those areas in your life that God created you with that those areas that either aren't functioning right or should be functioning online now for the time you're in, he, he knows what's needing to be brought into function. I felt measures of inefficiency and I felt areas where I just think oh, what Elijah thought, what Moses thought, what Paul thought, oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? The Lord's praying for those areas, not to take them away, but to bring you into a heightened awareness and function so that you will know triumph in the Father. There's no substitute for overcoming. 
if you if you're just letting your child or your grandchild win at everything and you don't put any challenge in front of them for them to overcome they won't learn there is no equity in the spirit realm there's equality but God's not giving promotions to people who didn't overcome he's not we must keep submitting ourselves to God and know that all things are going to work together for good because we're moving in the agape. Well, I could just keep talking, and I have. Thank you so much for joining today. Again, remember all the announcements at the beginning. The beauty of this broadcast is you can go back and hear them again. You can hear them again in double time. Look forward to um, being back here next week for Wednesday Night Live. But until then, Pastor Fabian speaking on Sunday. Monica is going to be uh, on Saints Radio on Monday and ministering to the French. We're grateful for that ministry. Um, we bless that. But you keep functioning before the Lord. God bless you all. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye.